We're all business, except when we're not. This is the focus group in isolation. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here in beautiful Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, with my good friend and co-host, also in isolation, up in uh, upstate New York. Hey, John, how are you? I'm good. I'm all set. If if uh, I don't, I think Garrett probably cropped this for just me, but out of the crop range, in the way in back of me, there's a model of the Starship Enterprise. So. <laughs> Oh, it never ends. It never ends. Hey, I d- did you shave? I'm, I've decided I'm not going to shave during this uh, during this virus epidemic. No, I'm I'm shaving. I uh, got my cut my hair the other night because that's what you, you do when you're almost well when you're almost bald. It's really one of those like. Why don't you which, just let it go? <laughs> it wouldn't look any different, by the way, because I did let it go for like a week and a half. But it, I cut. No, you got to keep you got to keep your rhythms, Tim. You got to get up. You got to shower. You got to dress. Got to go to work. Go to office. Which well, you and I are used to that. You know, I used to, um, when I was a district manager many, many years ago, uh, and I had worked out of a home in the Midwest, my, what, that one of the most valuable pieces of information my, my boss had given me was to act as if I was getting up and going to the office in Chicago. So I was living yeah. in Minneapolis. So he said, get up, shave, shower, get dressed, and then go to work with your laptop or your computer, whatever you're doing, and treat it as if you are at work. And then... When it's done, it's done. And I, I fortunately had a little place, had a little loft apartment, or an apartment that had a little loft that I set up as the office. But ever since then, I've been fine working out of the house. But I know for a lot of people, this is a uh, a big change. It's been a shift. Um, Bob's working from home, and he's actually <clears throat> downstairs uh, in the dining room. And his company, or his department, is instituting a happy hour um, they check in with everybody at about nine 30 in the morning. Everybody signs on, they could do audio or video or both. And then I think they're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, kind of after work happy hour. And I, I came in from a bike ride last week and I photo bombed or I guess video bombed his, <laughs> his happy hour call. And I, and I said, I posed a question to his coworkers. I said, you know, I'm used to doing this. I've been working out of my home for 13 or 14 years now you know, uh, or an office you would go to one of like a WeWork or something. How, and I asked them how everybody felt about working from home and they were all, they're getting used to it, but it's not there. That's not normal for them. And f- especially if you've been in corporate America for most of your career, this is a very weird thing because the ability to walk down the hall or look at someone and say, Hey, could you send me that form or whatever? You can't do that. You have to do an email or a text or to do one of these things. And, uh, Hey, it's just the way it is for the next couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, did did you see my favorite thing? I was going to post it too. So if you're, we're here. Um, you can follow along if you go to focusgroupradio.com. You'll find all of our audio and video archive, as well as our live show, like we're doing currently, and also our podcast, which is TFG Unbuttoned, which is released every Tuesday. So back when I hurt my back a few years ago, John set up all this tech for us to be able to do the show remotely. So uh, so bear with us if we have any technical issues, but so far so good. I wanted to say, John, there was a a, a um, video I was going to post that's been going around of a woman doing one of these, sounds like what Bob was doing, Zoom conferences, and there's six or eight people on the call. And she totally forgot she had her phone. She went into the bathroom, and she's pulling <laughs> her pants down. Have you seen the video? No. Maybe the boys in the booth, <laughs> have you guys seen the video of the woman who, yes. while she was on the conference call, gets up, and she goes into the she's pulling her panties down. She's on the toilet. The phone's still going. The, the staff, everybody starts laughing. And she's like, what's wrong? There it is there. We've got Garrett and Steve <laughs> in, the, in the booth joining us. Can you, can you play that? And see, see, she's over there in the – can you see that, John? No, I can't, but I'll see it when, oh, uh, when we post-process. Okay. But can you believe she, she got up and went to the restroom and forgot she was on camera? And uh, because she was on one of these video things, so it was uh, it was quite you know, funny. What 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 it would have made the ending of that particular video funny, and I haven't seen it yet, would be if she dropped the phone in the toilet uh, after everything. <laughs> you know that would have done that. 
Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of strange behaviors from this one, from this time period, right? My my other favorite one, there was a guy, and again, brilliant, but you and I have done this with step and repeats. There's uh, So for these people that did Zoom things, this kid lived in kind of this ratty apartment, and he had this huge blow-up done of a very kind of mod, mid-century modern, really cool luxury apartment he had behind him. And all of his coworkers, they just hired this guy. All of his coworkers thought he lived in some fantastic <laughs> high-rise in Manhattan penthouse with beautiful views. And I thought, again, brilliant. But they show him sitting in this little, you know, fourth-floor walk-up with all the junk around him, but this beautiful screen behind him, which they all thought was his apartment. They're like, "How is he affording that on this salary?" We just hired him. That's funny. I like that. Before this whole, before the whole coronavirus uh, shutdown occurred. There's a wall in my office, which is Yeah, blank. there he is there. Good. You guys are quick today. Boys in the booth. Hey, by the way, the boys in the booth are in the hot zone. You you know that's what they're calling Manhattan now, the hot zone. The hot zone. Well, it's where most, it's where, what is a third or a half of the infections in the United States are. And someone asked me the other day, um, why is that? And I'm like, well, okay, New York is one of the biggest cities. It is the biggest city in the U.S. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. Welcomes everybody. Three internationally Air, three airports that can take international flights, major tourist destination. I, there's nothing mysterious about no. that, right? I mean, and I suspect it's been in the population a lot longer uh, than when the alarm started sounding. So um, I think a lot of that stuff they talked about, I know people think I'm crazy and I'm going to play Donald Trump, but you remember all the vaping issues people had with the lungs and all the respiratory problems? That seems to have all gone away. People haven't stopped vaping. But remember, remember all the issues around around the, all the well, issues that were yeah, happening. But, but they found that there were chemicals in some of those vape products, which were not official. They were like black market cartridges, and they had chemicals in them that would induce some of these respiratory things. So I, I think it would be very convenient to blame the vaping crisis on the corona. On the corona. <laughs> so I'm not blaming it on. I think five years be from like now, Trump. <laughs> could blame everything on the corona, right? Corona. So what, uh, oh, so, hey, John, what, um, have you been able to, has the weather been nice up there? It's been kind of rainy and, and cold here. We had, uh, for the most part, I've been really lucky. I have my bike up here so I can ride, um, which has been odd, by the way. I want a sidebar for that for a second. So, you know, all these shelter-in-place um, edicts have basically said, you know, if you're with somebody and you're both in the same household, you could be with them. Great. If you go out for a walk and you're with strangers or maybe a neighbor, stay a few feet apart. Well, not a few. What am I saying? Six. The magic number is six feet, seemingly. Um, and you could walk or exercise or do something and get outdoors. Well, I'm on my bike about three or four days ago and um, a car comes towards me and slows down, like really slows down. And nothing happens, but the woman makes sure that I see her glaring at me like glaring like what are you doing out <laughs> now mind you <laughs> i was on an empty road there was a barn on my right and a cow and some chickens i was traveling at 17 miles an hour on my bike so i'm not exactly a threat to anybody and and frankly it, how could you ever get the virus from someone riding a bike but that's what that's the extremes we're going to so yeah i've been able to do the uh, exercise and we walk when we can we saw our neighbors next door, Todd and Marge, and they came over and Todd had a walking stick and he holds it up at one point as I get closer to him. He goes, this thing six feet long, stay that far away. And then we all laughed. So everybody seems to be doing good. I don't know why upstate has a run on toilet paper and paper towels. I think Albany County has confirmed 145 cases. Columbia, the county that we're in, I think maybe has four. Um, but there's no toilet paper and there's no paper towels. <laughs> really? I, I went to the figure. store and there was no Windex and no Windex. dishwashing detergent, which I thought was weird. Those two are kind of odd, right? I mean, you can't, they're not sanit. Yeah. They're not, though the Windex reminds me of a movie. I think you remember my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. And the father in that movie could cure anything with Windex. If it was a wart, it was Windex. If it was a spot on the table, it was Windex. So, Hey, maybe someone said, Hey, Windex. And you, read, and you read my mind. I thought exactly that's what people were doing. They're going to use that to kill everything. Windex. <laughs> for the corona. Right. The corona. Corona. I plan hey, to we, use that excuse for a lot. You're going to use it a lot, eh? Yeah. Hey, we, um, as many of you know, we uh, were very supportive and thankful for uh, one of our partners here, Fiverr, F I V E R R.com, Fiverr.com. And uh, it's a great place to find freelance talent and any sort of. Um, 
work that you're doing that that perhaps if you have a small business or you're looking for a logo or you're looking to find copywriters, graphic artists, web design, and so forth, and if you're a small agency or just on your own trying to get um, find talent, it's a great place to get freelancers. And particularly now with what's going on with all of us kind of sheltering in place, um, a great place to work with people from all over the world and tap into the talent there. And you get 10% off on your first order if you use the code FOCUS at checkout. That's F-O-C-U-S, 10% off your first order by using Fiverr. A couple of weeks ago, we shared with you that uh, John and I went and used Fiverr for a new logo for our company, Triberry. It had great results. We used three different uh, freelancers around the world, one from Australia, one from Germany, and one from Bangladesh, and ended up picking the uh, person who was mid-priced, and the design from the uh, designer from Bangladesh did a great job for us, and, and we're delighted with the logo. And then, John, we got a note from a, a listener that actually used them. Did you do you remember what that was? I think it was for Cuber, right? Uh, Q U B E R was the um, was the uh, name of, the, and it was a, a they were doing a it was kind of a, a fun thing for a friend of them, right? For a friend. Yeah, a listener named Linda, she was in Park City, Utah, and they had a friend that was driving them all over the place, and his nickname was Q. Q. And so they were Instead like, oh, Uber, Cuber. Cuber. <laughs> so trying to figure out a way to thank him, um, they, she, she had gone on and she had heard our show and she went on to use the uh, discount code and came up with a logo, also a ball cap, T-shirt, some other things for him. And uh, sent it out to him as a thank you gift. And she sent us a really nice note saying, thanks for letting me know about Fiverr. I was able to use them, use the promo code, also had a very good, a good experience with it. I don't, I don't know if the guy's an actual Uber driver, but or um, I know driving around, right? Right. But, um, and they said he, the, um, the number 10 or whatever they used or something around that was related to the fact that he always received a. You know, always a ten, or he was always on time on the dime, or something like that. That effect. But I thought it was pretty cool because there was somebody that actually had a. She had said in her note that she didn't have any idea where to start, but wanted to do something unique and thought this was a fun idea. And uh, if you're watching online, you can see the uh, some the of the results, of the logo there. The yeah, I think the guy did it. Whoever she hired did a great job. And I would also say. When Tim says we went out to get a new logo, okay, so that's true. Triberry is a company that's our consulting firm and our ads agency did in fact get a new logo, but Tim actually did all the heavy lifting on this, and Tim followed the rules quite well. He did a uh, creative brief. He provided the designers with any materials that they wanted, including things that he that he liked, looks and feels, and typography that he enjoyed. And he answered all their questions that they when they came in. And then he would send the results or he'd say, hey, John, go and click on, uh, go to Fiverr and click on our projects. There's some stuff that came in. <laughs> so then we would call each other like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? But Tim, you actually directed the process. And I think I, I'm mentioning this because um, in, in our business, that would normally be the zone that I fall in as a creative director because I've been working with artists. And, right. and I know. So having Tim do it was really great because... He, he did exactly what I recommend to anybody who wants to use Fiverr.com. Have a, have a good idea what you want. Not, not the end result, but you want a logo. It has to do this. May, collect a couple of samples of things that you really enjoy. Maybe it's a color, it's a look, it's a feel, it's typography that you might like. And give the designer every opportunity um, to give you what you want by letting them know all these things. And Tim did that and got great results. And I think that Linda did it with Cuber as well because it's, it's not a bad-looking logo at all. No, it's really well done. And by the way, I need to, uh, I'll say it here on on, on air, um, I've started the process. We're also using Fiverr to help uh, redesign our website, but I need mm -hmm. to talk to you about that. I'm a little over my head for a well, couple things, that, but I need to talk might, to you about it first. We might both be, by the way. We might both be, because they start asking questions like, do you want this? Do you want that? I'm like, I don't know. Just do it. We know, so, we know as, what looks uh, good, right? <laughs> yeah. So as Tim said at the uh, at the top of this, uh, we, we want to thank Fiverr for being a partner of ours here on the Focus Group. It makes a lot of sense, especially if you are a small business and you just don't know where to find some of these resources or some of this talent. Go to Fiverr.com. You could actually search by uh, project. One thing that Tim found that I thought really is a great way to search, you could actually search for when you need it by 24 hours, 48 a day, a week, narrows it down to designers that can actually turn it around that quickly and you're not going to be disappointed. And if it's your first project with Fiverr and you go to them, by all means, use the code FOCUS, F-O-C-U-S, because you'll get 10% off your first order. 
And last but not least, as Tim said, he did a range of designers. We had a very inexpensive one, and we had someone who was not so expensive, but more than the middle guy. It was interesting what came back. So if you have a budget, you may consider going giving the same exact brief, the, the material you collect, to more than one person, because you may get a better range to choose from. So it's Fiverr.com, and use the code FOCUS, F-O-C-U-S, to get 10% off your first order. So thanks to them. The one thing I will say, John, which you triggered it, is that, and when we said three, it was $10, $50, $100. So we're not talking about thousands of dollars. So to be able, so for us picking three different designers yeah. around the world and spending less than $210 is huge because you can't get a logo done anywhere if not you went less if you went to your local, no. So thousands, so there you go. usually yeah. like a logo package is often at 2,500. Some good graphic designers will start you at that level. So yeah, you're yeah. right, Tim. So, Mr. Nash, what caught your eye this week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. I have been, I'm, a, I'm a, a studious reader of the news, but I have lately had to avoid it because I know the numbers, I know the statistics, I know where to find what's going on with corona. My corona. corona. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but you have to like tune it off at some time or you go crazy. So it's been very hard for me to find things that catch my eye because everything that's catching my eye is dealing with the disease. However... There was something that came up, and it fit into my zone of space exploration. It's a NASA thing. So when we were younger, actually, I scratched that. Anytime in your life something's not working, more often than not, one of the first remedies we usually do is we hit it. If it's not working, hit it. <laughs> Remember when you were a kid, if the TV wasn't doing something, hit the TV, or we had the rabbit ears that had to get adjusted. So NASA... Um, has a probe up on Mars called the InSight probe, and it's been there since 2018. And there was an experiment they were trying to run with something called the mole. I, if I worked for NASA, I might be in their PR department helping them come up with names that for some of their stuff that may be better than the mole or whatever. But anyway, the mole's job was to dig down into the Martian uh, soil and figure out temperatures and seismic activity because it's actually it's a very active planet, even though Mars seems to be dead. So it wouldn't dig. This thing got dis it deployed. It rolled away from the probe. And by the way, they're directing everything from Earth to Mars, which is, you know, millions of miles away. It takes forever for a command to get there. And the mole wouldn't Control work. Control, alt, delete. <laughs> you know, it's that, that almost, didn't work. Yeah. So they finally figured out that they could use a different part of the probe to to literally knock this thing and put pressure on it so that it could gain traction and do what it was supposed to do. It had a drill bit that was supposed to go down and start sampling the soil. It took them a while to program it. And I imagine that what I saw in, on a Twitter feed of a video of this thing happening probably took hours for them to record it because it takes, I don't know, an hour and a half, or I don't know how long it takes to get to Mars when they send a, mes a message and it has to come back. So they would send these little bursts of code until finally they had enough code in the memory banks of this thing, the inside probe, for it to look, put its thing out, its shovel out, and go bap, bap, bap. It would tap, 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 and it tapped this thing, and it got the mole working. So we're all happy about that. But <laughs> the oldest trick in the book, right? Hit it. Well, it reminds me of all those toys we had as kids, too. Yeah, they, they always showed on the commercial how well they looked, but they never worked <laughs> in the dirt or anything. They just sat there and spun. So that's probably... <laughs> Probably a you know, similar, similar thing. Take me back to the good old days of toys that I used to dream about. Like, wow, um, you know, do you remember chemistry sets and all this other stuff? You'd be like, I need, when I get that, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And then the thing would come and exactly what you said, Tim, would just sit there. Yeah. You're like, that's eh, not doing anything. All you needed was baking soda and a little vinegar. And that was it. The kids lost interest. Well, is that what we used to use to make a volcano? Yes. <laughs> Fizz up, then you up. Okay, yeah, all right. Made the whole thing. So I, I had, um, I, I you went wanted a different not, direction than Mars. I, you went very. I did different. go a different direction. I didn't want to do anything that was coronavirus related, but I did find something that did catch my eye. the The title is "Sex Toy Sales Surge During Coronavirus Pandemic" as people learn to appreciate their alone time. Bye, Corona. <laughs> so. Worldwide sex toy sales have surged in recent weeks as a huge number of people are stuck in with the coronavirus, and self-isolation discovery has been a new thing and a benefit of our time alone. So there's a German company called Womanizer, and they're they're recording. Uh, I think they whoa, make. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa! The company's called Womanizer. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a brand. It's T3. It's a, according to T3, a sex toy brand womanizer. Mm. Their uh, their January through March sales versus what the projection uh, projection was through the first quarter fifty percent fifty percent higher than predicted, or, or projected. Sales in Italy, where the whole country's in lockdown, are sixty percent higher than predicted, and global sales overall, uh, the first two months versus now, are fifty percent ahead of all forecasts, and they're actually having trouble re- making and uh, keeping up with demand. Do you want to guess which countries are uh, are driving the demand? So we mentioned Italy. Is this and is this strictly European? Uh, this this company? No, 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 no. It's um, so these are where the sex toys are being sold. The top top uh, one, two, three, four, five countries. Um, so I mentioned Italy. I I'm going to say France. Nope. Uh, you not well is the United States one of them? The French are all into it. Yeah, the U- United States, Canada, Japan, China, Hong Kong, and Italy. Italy but, number but one. It, but it's U.S., um, then U.S., Canada, by, Japan, okay. Hong Kong, okay. Italy. Italy. <laughs> so they're saying with the prospect of being home long periods of time that uh, it's a good time to explore and get to know yourself a little better. They do caution, however. I think this is kind of snarky at the end. They said, while, uh, while self-pleasure never hurt anybody, there's been misinformation circulating online that masturbation could boost the immune system and prevent the coronavirus. Not true. That was the uh, caution at the end of the article. <laughs> but why disappoint anybody? The minute you started saying that, I'm like, my, my immune system is going to be through the roof in another day or two. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there we were. Did they so have that our, particular toy that was, um, did they break down... Any sales by item? Was there something that was like flying off the shelves? No, but you know, if I was, and you can't do this, you can't judge by the picture, but if I looked at the picture, it looked like things that either vibrated or penetrated. <laughs> so you Fair decide. enough. Fair enough. I picked a picture of flesh jacks, which I thought almost looked like little cupcakes. If you're watching online, you see the, uh, the flesh. I love that picture. <laughs> that picture is so crazy. And, and I, and they're all colored too. There's purple. Yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah, it's very pretty. <laughs> Didn't you get, we got those when we were over at, uh, Sirius oh. XM. We got those. Didn't Do you know, we got those from, remember DNR? Derek and Romaine, right? Hello, DNR listeners and fans. Uh, we hope you're enjoying their show as well. Um, and I know you are, but one day I think it was Romaine was talking to us. Maybe we met, we, we met with maybe DNR and we, we were talking about, it was flesh Jack. Was it flesh Jack? And Romaine laughingly says, you know, guys, we have a whole drawer full. <laughs> she goes, ask Katie about it. So later on we asked Katie and one day she opens the drawer and it's filled yeah, with flesh Jack. But there had to be a, de- a decision had to be made at some point because the flesh Jack <laughs> was sculpted in the resemblance uh, this particular it was i think it was the rear end was sculpted in the per- particular resemblance of a certain porn like there is one or two stars you could choose what porn star i forget who you chose <laughs> oh there was really porn star i didn't know that yeah they're based on real people supposedly oh i didn't realize that oh, okay and i forget who i chose but um i just it was remember. too much effort for me when i looked at it did you, you did you try a lot it? of work it huh? was it was um, uncomfortable. I did. I okay. So, <laughs> I can't believe I'm conf- ah the coronavirus diaries. We confess that which we never talk about. I did try it a couple times. The first time I thought it was what is going on. Didn't do anything. And then I think I mentioned it to someone. It was at, at the DNR show, and they said, No, no, no. You got to use a ton of lube. <laughs> that changed the game. <laughs> and then you have to wash it. And and it was like after a while, I'm like, you know what? This is complicated. This is complicated. I don't want to bother with this. So watch this. Garrett and Steve, have either of you tried a flesh jack? No. That's a negative. My friend has. (laughs) What do you think? My friend. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like just too much work. He liked it, but, you know, after a while, you just get bored of all the cleanup and everything. You go back to... the old standby. Yeah, get bored <laughs> fucking a piece of plastic. I can imagine that. <laughs> Steve, you didn't try it either? No, I never would. That's not for me. 
Now, well, this now is something else we're going to have to do along with the onesie that you're going to try on from International Mail. we got a whole raft of things for you <laughs> boys to do this I'll do both at summer. the same time. <laughs> when, when, when the virus passes, lots of stuff's going to be going down at that studio, I tell you. But Steve's, but Steve's right. It's, it's, you know, after a while, you're like, now I have to do this, 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 this. But the other way, the way we all grew up with was like, well, you're done, you're done. There's, yeah. no, there's no letting the toy dry and then putting cornstarch powder on the toy to make sure that it doesn't decay over time time and you're like what the hell it, you know they, they come with instructions you know that tim right you know about the cornstarch thing right no i don't know any of that oh my god i, I it might have been it might have been romaine too who told this is years ago because i said something about the toys she goes, i hope you're putting cornstarch on it because she remember she used to have a segment of the show devoted to the toys, sex toys. Yeah. and how to take the care and feeding of the sex toys and i'm like no i'm not putting the cornstarch oh but that toy's gonna disintegrate well okay care there you go feeding well, maybe I'll have to dig it out. Um, so, speaking of sex toys, our business birthday. Everyone <laughs> does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Happy birthday to homophobe and devout Catholic Tom Monahan from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, born March 25th, 1937. He's 83 today. He's an American entrepreneur, founder of Domino's Pizza. He founded it in 1960. While he was going to college, he uh, bought an old pizza pizza place named uh, Dominic's in Ypsilanti, Michigan. He bought it for 900 bucks so he and his brother could make some money to go to college. And uh, the pizza place did not do well, but uh, he tried to make a go of it and uh, ended up dropping out of school and continuing to work in the pizza business. Got the other half or bought the other half of the business from his brother by giving him a Volkswagen Beetle. So he traded a beetle for the other half of the business. Pretty good trade. Wow. Can you do you he wish ended, he, he ended you up wish selling? He could have traded a beetle for that, right? Yeah, he ended How up much selling sell for a billion dollars to Bain Capital. Jeez. He ended up selling uh 93% of the of the business in 1998, 38 years later. So it um, you know, quite an investment. He met his wife while he was delivering pizzas Marge in 1962. And uh so he never did Graduated from architectural school, but he was a huge fan of Frank Lloyd Wright. And actually, the headquarters for Domino's I is like a Frank your, Lloyd Wright yeah. building. It's um, twice as long as the Empire State Building is tall and has the largest copper roof in the world. And it's full of original um, Frank Lloyd Wright artifacts and so forth. He was a huge collector of Frank Lloyd Wright um, furniture and, and all kinds of, uh, I guess, memorabilia, for lack of a better word. The uh, the one thing he did with Domino's, which if you ever ordered it, and of course his his business model became um, franchising and setting up around college campuses a lot, like when we talked about Urban Outfitter. Urban Outfitter made their business. They started initially at University of Pennsylvania and Drexel around the schools there, and then they built out their business by going to college towns and selling you know jeans and T-shirts to college kids. So he did similar similar um, thing with pizza. And uh, everybody had a Domino's pizza in town. Well, you probably had one in Binghamton, didn't you? Yeah. It's interesting that you bring this up because Domino's was kind of the interloper. They were new. Like when you were in college, you probably had a local place that was um, more the one you would order from. And Domino's was new, yeah. but they got a lot of pop. They became very popular because of their delivery. And we used to order something called Pepe's Sheet Pizza for Star Trek nights at the dorm. <laughs> Yeah, there Sounds you go. Sounds like a rip Gar roaring time. Garrett and Steve are like, boy, can I have an invite to that? <laughs> <laughs> but it was a sheet. It was a sheet pizza, so it was square. And then Domino's slowly, with the boxes, would start showing up. And we're like, what is this Domino's thing? And and then it became huge, right? Well, they started they in the '80s, in the mid '80s. They were openly opening nearly three new Domino's franchises a day. I remember three. the last time I got Domino's pizza, I was with Comrade in Manhattan, and we were at uh, the Paramount Hotel, and it was late. We'd come in from something from the auto show i guess and we ordered domino's pizza and it still tasted the same as i remembered in college but um he actually designed a insulated pizza box which uh had spread across the industry and so the box was um made so that it would keep the pizza warm but also wouldn't crush the pizza so the cheese would stick to it so if you ever look at a domino's pizza box um you can you can see where that uh or he's, he's the one who invented that or developed it then after he sold the business, he started something called Gyrene Burger, 
So he was in the Marines. I never heard of Jireen Burger. Did you? I'm looking at your, I'm looking at the picture you posted. Um, and no, this is something like totally new to me. Is it still around? No, it never, it never took oh, okay. off. So it, it was a military theme burger delivery concept. And it was a throwback to his days when he was in the Marines. And, um, so it was a nickname for a, they had a gyrene burger. And so there was a franchise and it was going to be incentives were eligible for the military veterans. And that's who we wanted to sell the franchises to and uh, people in other military branches. So the flagship store was located in Naples, Florida, and then relocated to Knoxville. But it never caught on and the franchise never, never gone anywhere. And uh, so Moynihan, as he said, he's a devout Catholic. He's taken most of his wealth. He, he owned the Detroit Tigers at one time, old, owned lavish automobiles, all kinds of money, and uh, has since put all his money towards Catholic causes, particularly um, issues against opposing abortion, uh, marriage equality, and secularism. So he's spending all his money toward Catholic charities to uh, take away a woman's right to choose and uh, oppose gay marriage or marriage equality. Tried to open a university called Ave Maria College, um, but that didn't go anywhere. Well, the name alone. Oh, where's your diploma from? Ave Maria. Uh, Ave Maria. They tried to open in Michigan, and they had a campus, I think, also in Florida, but um, not important, I suppose. Big supporter of the Republican Party. He was a key backer. Here's a name we don't remember. Sam Brownback. Oh, I remember Sam Brownback. Kansas governor, right? Yeah, big big supporter of his for mm. the— uh, for the presidential campaign. But so, uh, Tom Moynihan, 83 today. And, so uh, I don't think that he'll be, well, two things. He could make the, 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 our book because of dominoes itself, because that's a big culture changer. Right. But the right. person behind it, eh. you know, I'm putting your money against secularism. You're basically saying you're putting your money against science or anything fact-based because <laughs> the church is all, you know, <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, I, you know, I, it's I mean, a good birthday, but it's always good to show the people behind these companies, right? And what they do. Well, right. And that's always the important piece, I think, as you know. So, hey, we want to thank our friends at Deep Discount. As many of you know, Deep Discount has been with us since we've been going, or since we've been going, since we've been uh, on this platform for for video along with our audio. And if you go to focusgroupradio.com, you can own your passion by clicking on the Deep Discount logo and start shopping Arr, away. That's Arr, shark. We love you to um, we love for you to um, to click on the logo through our site because we get credit for it. And I know a lot of you do order things from Deep Discount. And again, once you get tired, as, as we're going on to weeks or maybe months of uh, of self imposed isolation, you can certainly still get things delivered to your house and uh, and catch up on some some old movies or TV or other sort of uh, media that you want to consume from Deep Discount. So it's a site-wide sale right now going on, John. So that means everything shark is madness. Uh, shark madness. So what did, what did you find this week? Um, so uh, while I have been studiously avoiding news or trying to of my Corona, I did pick a movie that I do think you'll enjoy. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, it's called The Andromeda Strain. And it was directed by one of my favorite directors, Robert Wise or Bob Wise. Um, a satellite, a government satellite crashes, comes out of orbit, doesn't totally burn up on the way down, but lands near a small town in New Mexico. And within minutes, every inhabitant of the town is dead, except for a crying baby. And here on the description, they said an elderly derelict. <laughs> in reality, <laughs> the derelict was a, a wino. The guy was like drunk when, so the baby that was crying and the, the drunk guy did, they lived, but everybody else died. The satellite is retrieved by a special team the government has, and it's taken to an underground facility, um, multi-levels down, really well done. And they called, they, they code-named this, they know there's an extraterrestrial virus on the probe, and they called it the uh, virus Andromeda. And the um, movie follows them trying to identify the, the virus, trying to figure out how it reacts to us, and then it goes through that. But really well done movie, Andromeda Strain. It's on Blu-ray from Deep Discount. Great movie to order in. It's not horror, but it's 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 good science fiction, and there's a it has a great resolution as well. Wow, I picked um, I picked the Abbott, Abbott and Costello, the complete Universal collection. It's the 80th anniversary edition. And what made me pick it? I was I was going through the scanning or flipping through um, through channels, and they were showing the Abbott and Costello, the 30 minute or the 23 minute sitcom 
that was done in the in the fifties and sixties. And so I, I thought to myself, gosh, I wonder if they still do or if they ever show the movies, which I'm sure they may somewhere, but I never see them or I don't catch them. So I looked and sure enough at deep discount, you could get the full collection is close to, I think somewhere between I counted 25 and 30 full length movies. It's a 15 disc set of uh, all the movies from Evan Costello. As I said, it's the 80th anniversary edition and uh, some great things there. But <laughs> the one I would love to watch with you is I think it's Evan Costello go to Mars. So you could just, <laughs> I'm looking just at that one right here. Yeah. I see the name. You can just imagine what's going on with that. Right. So I thought, uh, I thought that would be perfect, and and again, it's at a great price at uh, at deep discount. So, what's the uh, what's the release this week? New release is a movie that I desperately tried to get to the theater to see because everybody told me that the theatrical experience um, was going to be really riveting, and it's Sam Mendes's movie, 1970, uh, 1917, Oscar winning. He's an Oscar-winning director from the the Bond movies, Skyfall and Spectre, and he's also well-known for American Beauty, one of my favorite movies, which Tim fell asleep in, saw the first two minutes, the last two minutes, then deemed it one of the worst movies he's ever seen. You know, okay. And you have to agree. No, I don't have to agree. I happen to like American Beauty a great deal. So I don't know, uh, why, I, I don't know why you're <laughs> hung up on that American Beauty. You know that it was not a good movie. <laughs> I, I could we could discuss um, <laughs> the English patient in that category. Oh. I'm not sure about American media. So at the height of the First World War, two young British soldiers um, are given a seemingly impossible mission in a race against time. They must cross enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers. Um, there are shots in the movie that are super long that I don't even know how they made them. A friend of mine went to see it several weeks ago when it was still in the theaters before the Oscars. And I just got a text after the movie. He said, unbelievable. You have to see it in the theater. If not, dot, 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 get it as soon as it comes out. So I would highly recommend um, 1917 on Blu-ray. So a big thanks again to our friends at Deep Discount. Go to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the shark. Arr, and I can do this with my laptop. See, I go, Arr, the shark. And uh, it's the Shark Madness site-wide sale. I picked a movie called The Andromeda Strain, available on Blu-ray, directed by Robert Wise. Good director. Tim counterbalanced me, thankfully, with a fantastic collection of Abbott and Costello movies, their entire Universal Picture collection, 80th edition, 80th anniversary edition. Wow, 80th anniversary <laughs> Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. And the release this week is uh, 1917, Sam Mendes, the director on Blu-ray. What do we say, Garrett? Thanks, Deep Discount. We're going to take a super quick break, and when we return, Tim found a very fun shop talk for us, and I think it's going to be up on a road trip destination soon, so we'll be right back. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Hey, welcome back to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash, who's waving. Hi, John. The magic. <laughs> it's the, the magic via, via, the magic of, via, the magic of, where are we? I don't even know. Oh, the internet's, the internet's is going to break down under the crushing weight of Facebook posts, people doing what we're doing, everybody staying indoors. Uh, but Tim, I have to congratulate you on this, this find. Thank you for finding this. This is a the, the shop talk. Yes. I want to go here and I know we'd have to make an appointment and it's a state I've never been to. Have you been to the state before? You, yes, you were, John. You were you were in Kentucky with me when we drove cross country in the VW Beetle. We went through. Were Kentucky. we there for you like? Don't remember, we went to Crate and Cracker Barrel. Do you remember? Oh, ooh, I do remember. You hustled me out of that Cracker Barrel pretty quickly. Well, <laughs> yeah, the Cracker. Well, I think I was making comments or something. You're yes, like, we got to go. Yes, we got to go. Not, not your kind of state, <laughs> bitches town. But oh, that's you know, right. I, I remember Kentucky now because you kept pointing out all the gorgeous horse farms, right? Yeah, but it was a crappy day. Remember, we were going. That was the trip we were going to learn. We were going to learn Mandarin Chinese, and we got through West Virginia, and we learned uh, Ni Hao. Ni Hao. Ni Hao. Ni Hao. And then Corona? we were going into our second lesson. We shut it off and never turned it on again. You were better than me. You you tried. You really tried. I almost. You almost made me fall asleep at the wheel and kill us because it was, it was very different. like. 
Hello, hello, ni hao. Yeah, it's very repetitive. Ni hai, ni tio, ni Hey, that's good. You see, you did get more of the lesson then. So, so why tell us this. about so this. So the shop talk says Kentucky is home to the world's only ventriloquism museum. So there's been a bunch of these things. When John and I have done these cross-country trips or even trips around different regions, we try to find these kind of offbeat Americana, folky sort of places. And this is one of them. There's a bunch of other ones that when we stopped at the Barbed Wire Museum in, in uh, McLean, Texas, uh, which was or the Devil's Rope Museum, right? Devil's Rope, um, yeah. So, Devil's Rope. So, what what was interesting about this for me, and this is just in general, as well, people are home, a lot of these museums are popping up to say, you might not be able to come see us, but we've got pictures, we have video, do a virtual tour, or whatever. So, this was one of those that popped up, which I would have never heard about, but it popped up in my news feed. So I started looking at it. The first first sentence, though, <laughs> I laughed at because I never heard well, this yeah. word. Pediopho- pediophobia. A right? fear of dolls. I have never heard that word before or even seen it, to be honest with you. No. Pe- pediophobia. Pediophobia. Pedio- is that what a pediophobia? Pedio- I, I think it's you like said it right the first right? time. Pedo- pedophobia? Well, it's childlike, so that's the base of the roar, the phobia. Yeah, so fear of dolls. Hmm. So if you send someone with a fear of dolls into this place, they're going to have a they're going to walk out with their hair on fire, right? But I also love the person who came up with this museum. Uh, his name is William Shakespeare Berger or W.S. Berger. And he was not a ventriloquist, um, but he loved ventriloquism and he in fact was the president of the International Brotherhood of Ventriloquists. Uh, he outlived his son and his grandson had no heirs and set up this whole thing. So there's a lot of puppets there, right? Yeah, it's in Vent Haven, Kentucky. And uh, according to the Smithsonian, it's the only uh, ventriloquism museum in the world. It's located about 10 miles from Cincinnati, so it's on the Ohio-Kentucky border. What I, what, I, um, what I thought about this as I heard this, when we were growing up and there were so many variety shows on TV, there was always a ventriloquist. And you remember the, uh, they have the actual doll that uh, the woman did Lamb Chop. Remember Sherry Lewis? Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop, yep. But there were all kinds of other ventriloquists. And I I think there was a show, uh, America's Got Talent, they had a ventriloquist on there. But it seems to me to either be a lost art or it's just not something people, um, almost like burlesque, right? People don't watch it or don't consume it anymore. Have have you, like, could you name a ventriloquist person now? They named two in here. I only recognized well, I recognize both names, but one I had actually seen um, advertised when we were in Vegas many, many years ago. They, they had named Jeff Dunham and Terry Fader. Um, but no, beyond Sherry Lewis and I guess uh, who did uh, Edgar Ber- – who was the Edgar Bergen guy? Um, so Charles Berg- McCarthy or something? Yeah, Charles, Charlie McCarthy was the doll yeah. and Edgar Bergen was the ventriloquist because that's Cannon, Candace Bergen's dad. Um you know, interestingly, when he used to do when when Edgar Bergen was doing Charlie McCarthy, they had Charlie McCarthy dolls that you could buy. And I wonder if people got into ventriloquism because they used to be able to buy those toys, right? Used to be able to go out I and had buy one. Little... Danny O'Day. Was Danny <laughs> you O'Day. Danny O'Day? Still, he's still up in the attic. Ooh, My yeah, brother and I tried it. to saw his neck off. We were going to put another doll's head on it, so I think he's got a got saw marks in his neck. He's no but, longer mint in box, that's for sure, right? Oh, no, he's not. He's ne- never was mint in box. I mean, mint in box. But you had the little elastic, and then you know, you had to move the, move the mouth, the, move the jaw, yeah. and you'd pull the little thing. Yeah. So I think that I wonder if the if there's a so one of the reasons I love this as a shop talk. Two things. You brought up the first one, um, which is where does the interest come into this and how do people get into the career and, and how do you find this museum? And then the second thing is we've been to a lot of these fun museums, the devil's rope museum. We shut down the Liberace museum, unfortunately. Uh, then you have Ventriloquism museum. How do these organizations, they're probably limited in budget. Probably not a lot of people are coming. They, they make a little money off the gift shop stuff. Like I'd love t-shirts from the Ventriloquism museum, right? Those are probably fun. <laughs> I, I can imagine what those shirts are. But how would you go about advertising this business? You're in Kentucky. I don't know how far off the highway they are, but th- this is one of those f- marketing problems that I think is kind of intriguing. Because you could, you if you stumbled on it, you would have a great afternoon, right? Even though it's, right. I think it's appointment only, right? 
but just try to search it out. You're exactly right. And how I stumbled on this, there's another one that's that sort of caught on. This one didn't catch on like the one. Did you see the the bit about the Cowboy Museum? No. So, so the National Cowboy Museum, it's out west, and the the um they decided to let the security guard take over the Twitter page. And, and so he was going to start trying to drive traffic to their website. And it's turned into this huge, huge success because he had the poor guy, his name is Tim. You can see a picture of him. Garrett could probably pull it up. But he says, hi, I'm Tim. And he's saying things like he's he's typing out hashtag and on the Twitter. So he's trying to trying to do he doesn't know how to do the do all so the he, social posting. He typed so the word hashtag. Him, right. So then you... Someone finally says to him, you have to actually use a symbol. So then he types and goes, I'm really sorry for the past week. I've been typing out hashtag. I realized I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to use that pound thingy. And so, and he's there with his cap on, you know, the security guard cap, but he's taken over the cowboy museum, Twitter and social media feed. And it's, it, he's become a sensation. And, um, and so this was, so they were talking about the cowboy museum and then there was other, these other sort of museums that it would be good to know while you're at home, if you wanted to get away from all the 24 seven news about the viruses to check out some of these museums. So that's kind of how we landed on the, cause I knew you would like the ventriloquism museum. Well, it's it's an odd career. It was it was always a, a a novelty kind of performance. And we were younger. We would see ventriloquists on the Johnny Carson show now and then. Oh yeah, uh, probably some of the the ones that some of the more famous ones. But beyond that, like I've never met somebody either, like a, another human being. Like what what do you do? I'm a ventriloquist. <laughs> like that doesn't like pop up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of, you know, I thought of this too. It's like Rich Little. Remember Rich Little? The, the, he would do all the impressions. Did, oh, there's yep. there's the Cowboy Museum guy um, that was doing the Twitter, doing the Twitter and stuff. But do you remember Rich Little when he would... Um, he would do Nixon. Do, he, he could do anything. You, Carson would throw a name at him and he would do the person. He'd go right into, you know, right into the person, right? But who does impressions anymore? I don't know. So I, I'm wondering if that ventriloquism, that sort of stuff's a lost art. So, you know, yeah, Dana if, you're watching, if you're watching, was, Garrett, if you're watching, I know you can't see uh, John, I don't think, but Garrett threw the thing up at the cowboy. We'll put it on our Facebook page, which is focus group radio. So you'll see the, uh, the cowboy museum along with the ventriloquism museum. <laughs> the, I love the fact that someone in administrative admin said, our Twitter feed needs to be handled by someone. Give it to the security guard. Give it to security and, guard. We're not And here. unknowingly, because he was so innocent of some of these <laughs> terms we use, he ends up being hilarious and people just love it, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's hilarious. Yeah. Do well, you guys nice... know uh, who a famous ventriloquist collector is? David oh, Copperfield. The magician Copperfield? Yeah. He has really? a huge uh, warehouse full of all the old ones and stuff like that. He's always been a fan, and he has a huge collection. I don't know if he has an actual museum, but people that know him say it's probably better than this museum. I don't doubt that. If it's Copperfield, he's got the money for it. But yeah. could you imagine him going to enjoy his collection? Like, I think I'll go enjoy the dummies. <laughs> he walks into the room, and they're all sitting there waiting with their mouths to go up and down, right? I, what an Isn't interesting... Copperfield the one that does the, you know, disappears a bus, a bus yep. disappears? Yeah, the huge... I, how does he do all that? That's all nonsense to me. That's just a camera. Yes. How do you disappear? How does a bus disappear behind a curtain? The Statue of Liberty is just the audience was on a rotating platform. So while oh. he was doing, making noise and stuff, they just slowly rotated the platform and then the Statue of Liberty was disappeared oh. to them. Oh. Well, you know, you know, Garrett, he's, is he a magician or is he an illusionist? He's more of an illusionist. He does the yeah. big scam grand. artist. He's a douche. Scam artist. <laughs> Scammer. I'm with you, Steve. He's a scam artist. And there's a no loss of love from the boys in the booth for David Copperfield. We need a Vegas well, show, John. Um, we need. Do we need a Vegas show? You said. Remember the one we went with the guy with the pets when he was mean to all the pets. The that was the one Andrew's head. That was the pop off pet circus. Remember that <laughs> one? Russian, crazy Russian. You had you had bronchitis. You had just landed. You were being I dragged had corona. You could, well, my corona. Um. Then I got the bronchitis, and I was being dragged around, and we had to see Chris Angel. I think it was Chris Angel at the Luxor, right? Our favorite show on that trip, though, and this is way off the beaten path from ventriloquism, happened to be Donnie and Marie. I and mean, we've said this before. Um, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen in Vegas. 
You know, it's someone, I forget who I was listening to. Somebody just saw the show again recently and said the same thing we did. You know, here we are five, ten years later, that Donnie was great. I mean, he was he's an entertainer. These kids were raised to be entertainers, right? Yeah, and he made sure that it was the old style where they had the tables that came yep. out from the stage, and he made sure he ran down and touched everybody's hand. It was like I touched Donny Donny Osmond. Yeah, no, he all high he high fived us. Remember, it was mm-hmm. great. It was a great and, show. He was fantastic, and and we were like, how old is he? And he's dancing like that. <laughs> that other show that was good, and I'm gonna forget his name, so I feel bad bringing it up. The one who did all the the drag queen things, that guy Frank Marino. Frank Marino's show. It, it, that's exactly what it was. And it was, he, he had all the different drag queens doing share and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, those are the days, Tim. Those are the salad days of going to Vegas and doing all the shows and getting in. And, you know, we broadcast from the Luxor uh, many, for many years, right? From the pool party. From the pool party, from the Liberace Museum. Museum. From, uh, yeah. yeah. Back in the I day. Just, I had sinus infection at that Liberace broadcast. And everybody kept saying, you're fine. You just, you're, you're dehydrated from the desert. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do I got you're horrible when you're sick. You're a bad patient. You're a bad <laughs> patient. Better not Camera get corona. Go, go. We were on, and you sat there like a catatonic. I'm like, John, we got to talk for two hours. Say something. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was bad. But later on, at I don't the like the way my voice sounds. I don't like but, that. I think I'm sounding groggy. You sound fine. But, talk. <laughs> but later on at the win at the adult pool, we really... we really evened things up there. Remember that afternoon with the cupcake? Oh, my God. And that pool... Anyhow, Everyone folks, we, those pools, people in Vegas, they're, they're nothing but piss laden pools in those pool parties. If you ask me, I want to watch. Yeah. Steer clear of the pool, especially after the Corona. All right. So, um, <laughs> a little far off the ventriloquism museum path, which was interesting career. Interesting that someone created a museum out of this. And I would like to go see it someday. Garrett added one other layer. We may never get to see this, but Copperfield, David Copperfield, the magician, magician has a quite a uh, collection of, ventriloquist dummies all right so we want to thank you guys for joining us today and we hope everybody's staying safe and staying indoors and that you get to enjoy us that way too so a big thanks to fiverr for coming on board if you want to use them for your first project use the code focus and you'll get 10 percent off your first project we really love them for freelance help from everything from copywriting to logo design to motion graphics to most anything you might need done And a big, big thanks to our friends at Deep Discount for being with us here every week. The movie this week, the new release, is Sam Mendez's 1917. Um, It's supposed to be fantastic. I'm dying to see it myself. I selected uh, The Andromeda Strain. And Tim picked a movie, um, a collection of all of Abbott and Costello's Universal Pictures films from back in the day. Another great way to pass the time. Everybody, please stay safe. Don't text and drive. Arrive alive. And we'll see you in the new week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.